Hello, it is episode one of season three. I don't know why I said it like so ominous. Three. Season three. Season three. Season three, episode one. And we want to have a little bit of a kickoff uh, for season three in 2022. That's so and weird to say that it's 2022. Yeah. Like yeah. It. New year. Everything's good. We did have a good holiday season. Yes, uh, we, we had did. good Thanksgiving, good Christmas time with family, a lot of food. Uh, we had a watch night service on New Year's Eve here at our church. A lot of good things have been happening. Uh, missed being able to get together. How are you, kid? Good. So my birthday was as of recording this. My birthday was just yesterday. So yeah, today's January seventh. Yes. Melanie turned sixteen yesterday. Yep. <clears throat> so how does it feel to be sixteen? Feels exactly the same as fifteen. Okay. At least I, so far. Yeah, that's not what I meant. I meant more like now that you're sixteen, how does it feel like looking back, thinking, man, I'm sixteen years old. It doesn't feel like I should be. I keep telling everybody it feels like I should still be 12. I feel like I never got past that. But I think one of the reasons... You'd be a really mature 12-year-old. <laughs> I think one of the reasons why is because I got into public school when I was like 12 or 13-ish. Somewhere around there, 14. So I feel my brain is... Because, you know, I'm not like doing school like everybody else. And, you know, waiting to graduate and doing this and that and the other... It just doesn't seem like I'm that old. Yes. I don't know. Did you enjoy the little get-together we had yesterday for your party, for your birthday? Yes. Yeah, we have a birthday party today in another town. We joined up with a bunch of friends, but yesterday was kind of a... My wife's family, uh, my mother and sister family will be with us today when we go out of town with mm-hmm. a bunch of friends, so that'll be fun. Um... Let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about other seasons, previous seasons. We've had a lot of fun doing this podcast. We've had a lot of serious episodes. We've had um, fun episodes, and we've had uh, political episodes. We've had all kinds of weird mm-hmm. stuff going on. And I want you to tell me if you can remember which season they're in. I don't know if I'll get it right because okay. I'll probably mix the <clears> seasons. But give me your two most favorite. One out of season one, one out of season two. If you can remember, if they're both in the same season, no big deal. But two favorite episodes or two favorite moments uh, recording or something, uh, posting, whatever. Okay. Um, I think my favorite one from season one was the one where we talked about our collections. It was Talks About Socks, I think. That, I think my, that was my favorite one from season one. So if you haven't listened to Talks About Socks, we encourage you to go listen to that podcast. That was a good one. It was very fun. I don't know about season two. I kind of liked it all. It was, yeah. I feel like we transitioned not, not only into something like better, but because we had done it for a whole year already, we knew like what kind of episodes we liked to do. Yeah. So. Well, that, and we have some deeper, meaningful conversations to so it. We don't really plan what we're saying. No. It's really a lot of just off the mind, but we do plan the topic sometimes and yeah. we, we talk about the topic a little bit beforehand and maybe what things we'll cover, but we don't have notes. Yeah. We don't take like extensive notes to try to cover each thing. I think my favorite, uh, uh, my favorite episode is probably Dad Jokes and Bad Jokes. Mm-hmm. Probably one of my favorites. That one and um, uh, the one about being a good friend. I think that one was a season. That was a pretty good one. 
But I think uh, if I had to pick a favorite like thing about podcasting or about our <clears throat> time together or about anything, it would be I think the growth, like the different stages when like when you got a Facebook page for the podcast, yeah. when it got um, posted on all podcast platforms, Apple Podcast, yeah, Amazon. Google, Amazon, Audible, all of these mm-hmm. different platforms, the podcast is free and available. So hey, just a quick little plug there. <laughs> Regardless of what phone you have, what platform you use, um, or what apps that you have, you there is any way for you to uh, connect and listen to Breaking the Box. We do post them on our Facebook page. Yep. We send out links to a few friends, uh, which I think we're going to start not doing eventually yeah. um, because we post them so much. But hey, subscribe, like, whatever you got to do on your podcast listening device, whether it be Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Spotify Audible. We have them on all platforms and it's free to listen mm-hmm. on every single one of those. So we appreciate your support and your help with uh, listening and uh Pray that something that we talk about ministers to people, touches people, even on the fun ones. The fun yeah. ones sometimes are just good to get uh, lightheartedness out and not uh, be serious about things. And it's really fun. So that transition of, of having all the platforms, of have, being on Facebook, um, when you got stickers for the first mm-hmm. time, that first piece of merch, which I hope we can get more out this year. Um, all those types of things where we're seeing little steps of growth have been fun mm-hmm. and exciting for me. So I like that. Yep. <clears throat> well, um, what was your favorite thing about 2021? Do you have a favorite memory? Something mm-hmm. cool that you just really... I liked Peak. Peak, Peak. Peak conference was awesome. Yeah, that was really good. I, uh, I would have to say I did like Peak, but if I had to pick a favorite, an absolute favorite thing about 2021 and there's so many things I could point to but one of my favorite things that I had the most fun doing in terms of just sheer fun was probably the Baker City Tent Revival. Oh that was fun too. Uh, That time together with our our good friends and the time with God and the growth in the church and the change in people's lives along with all the fun we had during the day and stuff being there for two straight weeks. and all of that was just a blast. I did. I enjoyed Peak. Peak was a absolutely mm-hmm. amazing, life changing event. But I think I had more fun at that Baker City Tent well, Revival. That's so one of the reasons I think I had a lot of fun at Peak is because you're not youth. So I did a lot of stuff with the youth <coughs> that you didn't do. Exactly. Yeah, so. I understand that. But it was not only life changing, like service and like spiritual wise, like. That was good. It like obviously it was life changing and amazing. Blah blah blah. Not diminishing that at all. But our whole group that we took, we all got closer on that trip. We had tons of memories on that trip. We all had fun. We all you know we traveled together for was, over twenty four hours. So we kind of like yeah. And it was the first time that all of us as a big group from different churches came together and did this thing mm-hmm. together. So it was a big thing it was the first one so it'll probably be the one we remember the most or one of the ones that's more memorable just because it was the first time we did that Mm -hmm. so planning on doing it all over again in july it's only six months away it's gonna be in texas this time instead of yes texas Texas, one of my favorite probably my favorite state in all of the united states i would say is texas i've been there three times now uh once when i was a little kid i don't really remember anything and then I've been there a couple times just visiting 
and then uh, a business trip for the job I have currently. And I went to Dallas for that. That was fun. I've so, never been there, so it's going to be another state I can say I've been to now. Yeah, and it's in Houston. So <laughs> just another plug for those of you listening. Uh, I would encourage you to go to Peak if, you have, uh, if you're an adult or a parent that's listening uh, and you have teenage kids or kids in the youth group age uh, between 12 and 35, I think, is the age group. Um, you can go to the National Peak Conference. There was about 5,000 people there last year. They're claiming we're going to have more people this year. The venue's bigger. It's going to be a blast, an absolute blast. You can look up and, the uh, WPF. Uh, page on Facebook and they have all this stuff to repeat on. It will be amazing. So now's the time to get on board if you plan on going uh, mm-hmm. to start saving money, raising money, whether doing you whatever you fly, can. Drive, uh, whatever. So that you can do that. So anyway, there's a plug for Peak. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome to the youth committee of the WPF for that <laughs> plug on our all-time famous podcast. I know, so famous, <laughs> with like three listeners. Uh, we literally have like three established listeners, but like our audience is bigger than that. But there's like three people that solidly listen to it regularly. That's what my app says. Yeah, so they, I think you have to Shout listen. Shout out to those three people. Do we know who they are? No. Oh, okay, so that, I mean, I have some guesses, but uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's solid. I mean, it, what, the goal is... That we reach yeah. hundreds, thousands maybe. One of them is We'd probably... We'd love, love, love to have people I can guarantee uh, that do you, that, so. one of them is probably mom. Yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah. I don't know who the other two are, but... Yeah, so anyway, uh, that was a lot of fun. Podcasting has been a lot of fun with you. I appreciate everything you've done. I want to say some things to you since you are 16. It's your birthday time, what I call your birthday week, instead of just a day. <laughs> two but, days. Um... I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you as a young lady. I'm very proud of you as a uh, Christian. I'm very proud of you as my daughter. And I'm very proud of you as as far as what you're going to become. I know that it's something that's on your mind a lot lately. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do after high school? What am I going to do for the Lord? Am I going to go to college? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? And mm-hmm. I understand right now is that transition time. You're thinking about all that stuff. But in the midst of all of it, you've maintained a good prayer life. You've maintained a good walk with the Lord. You've maintained a good attitude even in the middle of the turmoil we're experiencing right now. (laughs) Some of the struggles, which are not near as bad as some people's. So I don't want to sound like I'm complaining at all. Not at all. But through all the difficulties in life, you've maintained a good attitude. And you've been a good Christian. You've been a good influence. You have a lot of friends and I think that your influence is spreading. Um, you know, this is a day and age where the influencer is a huge deal, right? On IG and Facebook and Twitter and blah, 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 blah. There's all these Whatever. famous influencers. And whether or not you're ever famous, so to speak, uh, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is mm-hmm. that you're influencing people. Yep. You are a real influencer, not somebody that's phony on IG uh, putting filters and getting mm-hmm. people to like their page and influencing them to do better mm-hmm. at their fitness or better at whatever, yeah. right? But you're a real influencer in that your walk with God influences people, your ability to love people influences people. As a matter of fact, we got to talk about your friends. We got to pick them up tomorrow for church, right? Oh, That's yep. influencing. You invite people, you know, um, and that's good. I appreciate that about you. I really love that about you. We pick them that up on Sunday, the pe- tomorrow. 
I'm sorry. Yep. I, for some reason, I thought today was Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. Um, but you're a true influencer yeah. in that you're not getting paid by some social media platform to try to encourage and influence people. You're doing it because of who you are, your integrity, your character. It just naturally influences people, and I, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I know that you're getting closer to adulthood, and I, uh, <clears throat> I think that mom and I have done a good job at allowing you as much freedom as possible mm-hmm. with boundaries, and uh, honestly, just couldn't have asked for a better daughter, <laughs> someone that just does what she's supposed to do, almost never have any issues, don't have problems with you violating rules and boundaries all the time. And I think it's one of the reasons it helps me and Bubba is that, or my brother, I should say, I shouldn't say Bubba because people get, who's Bubba? Because there's other Bubbas. Also, people be like, who's she talking about? My brother, <laughs> um, something that helps us not to be like, oh, let's do this because mom and dad said we can't do this or I want to do this, but mom and dad said we can't, so I'm going to do it anyways, blah, blah, blah. Is because we don't necessarily have, like, rules. We have boundaries. Instead of limits, we just have boundaries. Yeah. Like, we have this. It'd be like having an acre of land and you have a fence around the whole edge. You have that whole acre to explore. You just aren't supposed to go out the edge, you know? And if you do, it's okay. You know what I mean? You might get in trouble. You might, you know, it might be dangerous, but then you come back and it's safe. You rebuild the fence, you know? Another thing is, I think your mom and I have done a good job at not um, sensationalize, at not sensationalizing the boundary. Mm-hmm. I think too many parents uh, put so much sensationalism and so much uh, taboo on the boundary yeah. that kids are always riding the fence, like on the edge of the boundary, trying to see mm-hmm. what's on the other side. We've we've tried to sensationalize all the benefits of everything within the boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so the boundaries aren't as enticing to you and your brother as they have been to others. We've done it. We've done the best we can, I think, uh, to try to really show the value, the goodness, the profit, the benefit of everything within the boundary. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you've watched us stay within our boundaries yeah. and prosper. And so it's easy to say, why would I want to go outside the boundary? I can yeah. live a great life and have prosperity and, and be close to the Lord right here within the boundary. And so not to say that neither of you have ever gotten close or violated or even gone over the boundary, but mm-hmm. it's that it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And, um, and we're open about it. We talk about these things all the time. And try to explain why we make a, a boundary or yeah, why we say. why we don't like certain things in our home or in our lives. What the good things are about it, what the detriments are about it, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of the boundaries we've allowed you guys to make for yourself. Yep. Um, we tell you what we think the boundary should be. And we show you the pros, the cons, the benefits and the negatives and give you the reasons why we think you should keep this boundary. And then we let you decide where do you want the boundary. And you, we allow you to openly communicate with that, that with us. Yeah. And then if we feel like that boundary you create is safe enough, if it's not the same as ours, then we'll allow you to explore those boundaries and try to keep you 
committed to the boundaries you've mm-hmm. done. Now, if it's not a good boundary, um, we may still allow you to keep it. And then once you realize it's not good for you, then we tell you, okay, now let's try ours. Yeah. So we've tried many things like that to really uh, help establish the idea of boundaries. And the reason we call them boundaries instead of limits is limits limit people. We don't want yeah. our kids to feel inhibited by limitations. The boundary is just a, a line of guidance yeah. to, to say this is where these are the areas you shouldn't cross over. But <clears throat> we don't limit our kids in anything within the boundary. Mm-hmm. They have unlimited access or potential to the things within the boundary. Yeah. And another reason we don't call it rules is because we don't, the word rule has a negative connotation as if somebody's ruling over you. Mm-hmm. And I've tried never to, to lord over my family like that, um, especially in the recent years, but to help them understand that the boundaries are based in scripture, mm-hmm. based in godly principle. And then I try my hardest not to violate those boundaries I've set for myself so that my kids can see dad has boundaries too and yeah. he stays within those boundaries. I so. think, yeah, as you said, you explain all of our boundaries to us. You're not just like... Because some people, they'll just tell their kids, well, you're not allowed to go here, you're not allowed to do this. And when they ask why, it's like, just because you're not allowed to, it's not good for you. And they never explain why. <coughs> then people think, well, that's just what they say, it's not good for me. If I do it, it's fine. And then they end up finding out these are the reasons why it's not good for me. And then... Yeah, the other part of that is that um, some parents think, I I shouldn't have to explain myself to my kids. They just need to obey. And I understand that on in principle, that that's correct. But at the same time, it makes it a lot easier for my kids to obey when they know the reasons mm-hmm. why. And there's no reason that I have found that I can't explain things to them. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and sometimes I try to explain them so that you don't have to ask why. Yeah. Uh, but I will point out, that doesn't mean that my kids always agree with my reasons why. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had something that we've adjusted a little bit recently that I don't think even Melanie uh, fully agreed with in terms of, I don't think there's anything wrong with that and I don't think that's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. But we saw there's that there's potential danger here and we want to draw a line. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, the big thing is this boundary doesn't like change their lives so drastically that they feel like they're, you know, being uh, caged up or anything, mm-hmm. you know, they understand we created this one for a protection. Yeah. And I shared stories and illustrations of many instances where I felt like stuff, uh, this, if they had had this boundary, maybe those things wouldn't have happened, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Anyway, and nothing's foolproof, I don't think, uh, in, when it comes to things that we create ourselves. Mm-hmm. The things that are foolproof are things that are based fully in Scripture. Yeah. And we do have boundaries that are just judgment calls, right? There's mm-hmm. no Scripture that says you can't do such and such. You know, There is no Scripture that says, don't play this kind of video game, yeah. right? But there is Scriptures that teach us principles about not putting evil things before our eyes, about what we look at. Yeah. Um, the appearance of evil, all different things like that, we can say, well, based on those principles, I think this would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how we do a lot of our boundaries. So, And some people may think that's too <clears throat> lenient, but I don't think it's lenient at all. I know people that are have no nothing. They're just allowed to do whatever they want. 
And then there's people that I know that their parents are way more strict than our parents are. So, Yeah, a little more rigid, more micromanaging. I'm not a micromanager at work or at home. I try to give guidance and allow my family, my kids. Well, let's give an example. We talked about this before, but... And you know, this, what we're talking about kind of goes hand in hand with our topic, which by the way, let me just pause and say, we have chosen that today we're going to talk a little bit about a topic, a friend, shout out to Nikki Boatwright, Mm -hmm. um, gave us a topic on Facebook that she wanted to talk about. And that was helping, uh, kids who are struggling with their walk with God. So this kind of goes, will kind of be a good segue into that, I think, but because we're talking about boundaries Mm -hmm. and how to create them, that would help a kid who struggle with their walk with God to understand life has to have boundaries, right? So, and whether you want them or not, those kids that think they got full freedom, society, the government, our country, the state, there's boundaries everywhere. Your Mm -hmm. job, there's boundaries everywhere. And you just got to learn to live with boundaries. They're good for us. Um, But, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. What was the last thing you said? Um... You were saying something about rules and boundaries. Oh, that that some parents are stricter. I've never been yeah, a micromanager yeah. at work or at home. So, for example, uh, one of the things that I did, my son was, uh, as, a, as a kid, would get things from family members and friends and even ours that we would buy. You know, t-shirts, pants, hats, backpacks. And had superheroes. Or sports or and, whatever. And sports. And my daughter had a few sports things and, and maybe and a few we didn't really things. we didn't really watch sports or superheroes. <clears throat> like that but wasn't a big thing. They were just on it. So we decided that it would be a good idea to not glamorize those things mm-hmm. or promote them. Yeah. Right? We just feel like our for our family, for our life, we don't go around promoting those things because there are some negative things with them there's some sinful things involved yeah, with those it's like things if you're and so, not gonna watch the movie or read the comic book why would you have it on your shirt yeah so the other side of that is that i just told my kids and i, I hope melanie remembers this conversation but we all sat down as a family i just said look here's how i feel about the the superhero thing and the sports thing this is the steps i'm going to take i'm going to get rid of everything i have that has a sports paraphernalia on it yeah um or superhero stuff right mm-hmm which I didn't have many. I think I had a pajama shirt that had a Superman thing on it or something. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I got rid of all those things and I told them, I'm asking that you guys would contemplate this thought and idea. What I would like for you to do is do what I'm doing and get mm-hmm. rid of it all. But I'm not going to make you do it. I'm not going to force you to do it. I'm giving you some strong suggestions and there will come a point where I think our family will make this decision and say, we got to cut this out. Mm-hmm. But this is what I would like for you guys to do. Well, it wasn't very long after that both of my kids got rid of everything they had. I didn't force them. I didn't talk to them about it every day. I made the suggestion. I told them why I was feeling this way. I told them the goods, the bads, and the uglies. I told them what I was going to do. And then I just left it to them. I never shamed them. Mm -hmm. I never got on their case about it. I never harped on them. I never said it again. I just told them this is really what I would like to do. I think this will help our family grow spiritually. And made the change myself and watched my kids follow that example. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to set boundaries. Now it's a boundary. Now people in our family and our friends know that we don't 
buy those things. They yep. don't buy our kids those things. Our kids take a stand against those things uh, in their personal lives. But it was something that they had to kind of work through themselves, especially my son, because he had a bunch of clothes. And he, he honestly didn't get rid of it all right away because some of it, you know, he was still, if he got rid of it all, he might not have much to wear. Yeah. <clears throat> and so as he grew out of things, what happened was we didn't replace them with other superhero things. Mm-hmm. He grew out of things. He got rid of them, gave them away or whatever. And then it kind of just dwindled to nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's one example of, of how we've set boundaries in our family. When it comes to struggling kids, you know, kids struggling with, with walking with God, it's, it's really tough because there's so many variables. So let me talk about what I think are the top three. And I want you to interrupt and chime okay. in here. <clears throat> there's three major scenarios, and this isn't only, and you can't say they all fall in one of these categories, but from what I've seen, there's three major categories. One is... Uh, kids who come from broken homes or homes where both parents don't live for God. Uh, broken homes, and I mean, I don't mean that as a put down. I mean, mixed family. Um, you know, the kids uh, might be his and not hers, hers and not his uh, from or previous relationships. Or they just have one parent. Or um, uh, the dad lives for the Lord, the mom doesn't, vice versa. That's one umbrella. The next umbrella is... Kids who have both their parents, they both came from both parents, their family unit is exactly the way it started, um, and uh, and they're struggling to live for the Lord. And then I think the third one is um, parents that uh, are struggling themselves. So it's not really a third category, I guess, but it's parents that are struggling themselves and so therefore their kids struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I just, I don't know how to address all of these all in one small podcast episode, but I can say this, that the, the, the things I have found that have been successful, and I am not perfect, I'm not a perfect dad, I've made a lot of mistakes, so I'm, I don't wanna make it sound like I'm saying that I know all the answers. <laughs> but this is what's worked for us. These are some suggestions that I've made for other people that have implemented them and it seems to have worked for them. Um, there's several things. One is open communication and dialogue. Yep. Kids being able to say what they want, when they want, how they feel, what things they like, what things mm-hmm. they don't like. It's even what we're doing right now. Like even doing, like you obviously don't have to make a podcast, but just talking like this, like we do can help. Right. But from everything from, and I don't want to, please don't make it take this out of context here, but Everything in open dialogue from my son saying that he thinks preaching is boring Mm -hmm. and he feels comfortable enough to come to us and say, I get bored in listening to preaching and that's why I'm always trying to fall asleep in church or that's why I'd rather play with toys. And us coaching and teaching him about preaching and why it's important and Mm -hmm. what it does and different things. And it's changed. It's there's transition happening where he is getting more out of preaching than he used to. And that comes with age. Yeah. But it also comes with open dialogue. Mm-hmm. Open dialogue uh also and communication also is is the ability to to know that your kids your kids know that if somebody were to do something bad to them, they can say something to you. Yeah. They're not afraid to tell you. Uh if somebody 
hurt their feelings. They mm-hmm. don't tell you. They're not going to hide them from you. Uh-huh. Uh, the open dialogue creates this atmosphere where you can talk to your kids about really tough, hard, important things. Mm-hmm. And they're not rolling their eyes and letting it go in one ear and out the other. Yeah. But they're paying attention. But it cre- it's something that has to be done consistently, almost daily, definitely weekly. And needs to be talked about so much how our communication is important. It also um, makes it like less scary because some people are scared to you know talk to their dad about this or that or the other. But if you're constantly talking back and forth and both people are sharing things they like and don't like or talking about topics that they believe are important, then it doesn't. You don't get as much of like a hindrance when you need to actually talk about something yeah and of course there's definitely healthy boundaries around that too there's some things your kids just don't need to be talking about yet but again that is also with open communication you know but even uh taking the taboo out of stuff sensationalizing or glamorizing things that aren't good and not glamorizing things that are good Mm -hmm. um the taboo out of things um when i say open dialogue um, my mo- my wife, myself, my daughter, uh, even my son, we, we have an open dialogue about sexual immorality. And what I mean by that is when something happens in the world in current events, um, uh, there's a story of some girl that, you know, got raped or something and it, it becomes knowledge in our home, then... Uh, if we talk about it, we don't give details. Yeah. That's where the healthy boundaries are. Mm-hmm. But we definitely talk and say, explain that how those things happened. And it helps us to reiterate some of the boundaries. Well, you know, when we're talking to Melanie, we could say, well, see, this girl went here and did this thing yeah. and then ended up getting in trouble. She was hiding things from her parents. And then look what happened to her. Mm-hmm. And we can show her. This is one of the reasons we put such and such boundary in place. And why we don't go here. Because, do because we're concerned that it could lead to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it helps to reiterate the boundaries we set. It helps to reiterate the dialogue. Um, but some parents won't even talk to their kids about those yeah. types of things. They won't say, oh, look at this story of some young girl that got, you know, sexually violated. Mm-hmm. Um Again, we're not telling our kids the details of what happened in the case. Yeah, and we're not we're not uh, all reading the case or watching right. the news story together. But anything. we're but it's good to open up. This is one of the things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have open communication about about scripture, about understanding, about uh, things that may cause confusion. Uh, my kids are not afraid to say that preacher said such and such, and I didn't understand that. What does that mean? How did, you've taught me this. He said this, and it seems to contradict it, or yeah. we can explain it. But again, all of this comes by opening the dialogue, having communication, mm-hmm. and creating an atmosphere where it's never uncomfortable to come yeah. to mom and dad about stuff. Very recently, and I won't give all the details because I don't want to embarrass, embarrass you, but very recently, my daughter got extremely emotional about a f- particular subject. And I could tell something was wrong and I asked her if she wanted to talk about it. And she said she started opening up and eventually it became a very emotional time for all of us in our family. But she wasn't afraid to talk about it. 
Now, you also have to give the kids a boundary that because sometimes when an emotion is fresh, mm-hmm. they're not ready to talk about it. Yeah. What we've done is tell them they they do need to talk about it, but we give them time to process before they open the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And that's why I started that whole conversation with, do you want to talk about it? Because she might have said, you know what, I'm still thinking and processing. I'm not ready to talk yeah. about it. And we would have said, that's perfectly fine. Let us know when you're ready. And then we don't forget. We don't not talk to her about it ever again and let her. Because that what will happen is it'll compress and suppress feelings. And then she'll just blow them off and we never get them out or talk mm-hmm. about them. I feel like that is a big problem where people don't talk about anything. Even not only just with their parents, but with their friends, with their pastor, with their, you know, whatever, their teacher. They don't talk about things that bother them or things that they're feeling or thinking or whatever. And it just gets compressed so much that they end up spilling it all out at once, you know. Or whether that's a blow up. Yeah, whether that's through anger or they're in a, you know, in a puddle of tears or whatever. They end up suppressing it so much that it's just like, it has to all come out. So what I would have done if Melanie had said, I'm not ready to talk about it. I need to think and put, okay, how much time do you need? Would have been my next question. Mm -hmm. Do you need an hour? Do you need a day? What do you need? And I would not let it go more than 72 hours. Yeah. If she said, I need a couple days, great. I would have put something in my calendar. I would have done something to remember in two days, we need to revisit this and say, hey, are you ready to talk about Mm -hmm. that? what was bothering you the other day and if she had said no a second time i would say honey we need to talk about this and pushed to get it out mm-hmm. right um now that can be hard because some people that have it i think what's helped us so i'm going to go back here i think what's helped us is that we've been this way your whole life yeah we have always talked about stuff always been open with communication so it's easy for us to say, no, we need to talk about it and yeah. you just do it. Now, I can understand some teenage girls and boys might be like, you know, throwing a fit. Leave me alone. I don't have to tell you. I don't want to yeah, talk to you. Blah, blah, blah. But part of that comes from you have not created an atmosphere of open dialogue their whole life. So now mm-hmm. you're pushing them to share their feelings and they've never done that before. And it's going to be hard. So as you begin to communicate or open dialogue now, you have to be okay with sometimes losing a battle from time to time. Yep. When they're absolutely adamant they don't want to talk about it a third or fourth second time, you're going to have to be okay with that. And then and then reiterate to them, okay, I'm not going to push you. It's fine, but I want you to know I'm here to talk anytime you want. Yeah. And it would be beneficial to me and to you if you would just open up and tell mm-hmm. me how you feel. I know it's new and I know it's different. I know it's weird and and you may not feel comfortable. But if you do it, if you can open up to me, I promise I'll keep the confidentiality. But I also promise Mm -hmm. that it'll get better over time and we'll be able to talk about more things. One more thing, and then I want your input. Okay. One more thing about that is that um, go to your kids with things you're struggling with. Mm -hmm. Talk to them about things you're worried about. Um... In prayer today, I felt unctioned and worried for three completely separate different situations. One was an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to my whole family and said, this is what I feel. This is the feelings I got in prayer. We need to pray. That's open dialogue. Some people would have just said, oh, Lord, touch so-and-so, bless so-and-so, pray for it about themselves, and never said anything. My kids watch me cry. My kids see me mm-hmm. get emotional. 
They watch me cry over Adventures in Odyssey, but they also watch <laughs> me cry while I'm praying driving down the street um, because I'm praying for a city we're going to preach yeah. in or I'm praying for an individual. And they've seen me crying uh, driving in, in our car on a way to preach at a revival somewhere because I, what... I feel that and that and they'll ask me and I'll tell them I'm praying or I'm feeling this for so-and-so or whatever. Mm-hmm. I open that dialogue when I'm struggling with issues like I'm struggling with how to create this boundary in our family I don't want to push you I don't want to overwhelm you so that will help you to break down their walls if they're having a problem communicating is going to them and allowing them to hear some of the things that are bothering and struggles with you Mm -hmm. of course yet again I have to say there is healthy boundaries around (laughs) that you don't want to be telling your kids about some things uh that that are too much for them Mm -hmm. to understand or know I think that's also why some people feel like they can't tell their parents anything because they've never seen their parents have certain emotions or even seem like they care, even though they do. They just don't. Some people aren't emotional, and that's fine. No, that's but not true. Hold on. What I'm saying is some people don't display their emotions right. super Every person yes. in the world is emotional. What I meant is some people aren't <clears throat> like sobbing every time you know they're super sad. They just kind of solemnly right. sit there. Um, and some people are, but lots of parents, I feel like hide it, whether they are super like, <laughs> or if they're just sad, you know, they don't tell anybody. They're not going to be telling their kids and they're not showing their kids and the, how to deal is, with it in a healthy way. There is some boundaries there. You know, mm-hmm. there is some things that have caused me tears that I cry about to God or in my bedroom mm-hmm. alone with my wife as we communicate. Mm-hmm. But there's also some things that aren't private, that aren't so um, private that my family can know. And it's okay for you to allow those tears to come. Mm-hmm. And even if you, if it's something you can't really share with your kids details about, you can give them something. Yes. For those of you who know me well enough, you know one of the things I hate in the church world, <laughs> which I hate saying it like that, but one of the things that bothers me the most and if you do this, again, don't be offended. I'm not offended with you. This is personal you. opinion. This is just my personal opinion. I have no <clears throat> necessarily no scripture-based basis for this. It's just <clears throat> personal preference. But one of the things I hate the most is people that bring special unspoken requests. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's one of my pet peeves, uh, in my opinion. In my opinion, very strong opinion, <laughs> uh, if it's unspoken, it should go unanswered. Like if you don't want to, but I don't expect people to bring out all their dirt either. What I've told people is if you have a a private issue, rather than saying unspoken request, Mm -hmm. I'd rather you say, Hey, there's some issues I'm having in my health and I'd like God to touch me with them. You don't have to tell us that you have colon cancer because that might be embarrassing to somebody. I don't want them to know I have cancer in my colon, right? Yeah. you can say, I have a serious health issue that I need God to or really intervene say, on. I have an issue with my family or right. in my job yeah. or house. Give us or... something, a little bit of a premise of something to talk about. That's the same with relaying information to your kids. My daughter might see me crying about something that's so personal and private or within my relationship with God or with my wife or with somebody else that it might be something that's more adult that she can't handle the details of or shouldn't know the details of. Or there might be a confidentiality issue that I can't violate. Rather than tell her the details, I say, 
I'm struggling in my spirit about how to handle such and such or how to handle this. Or there's a person that is uh, trusted some confidentiality to me that I am really care about and and I'm having a hard time with where they're at, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I don't give them details, but I give them something. That's opening the guidelines of communication. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to do that not only with your parents and your kids, but with your friends, with your other family members, with your pastor, you know, just in general. Because I try to do that with my friends too. Like I tell them, if, if, I, if something I did or ever do, do bothers you, you need to tell me because I obviously can't read your mind. And I try to make the communication. And some of them are like, well, I don't want to sound mean or I don't know if I should say this, blah, 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 blah. Because they're not used to telling people, oh, this bothers me. I don't like this. Or when you did that, it hurt my feelings or whatever. Yeah. And that'll, that makes your friendship stronger with communication. Mm-hmm. So it seems like we're harping on this one thing. But I honestly believe the open communication is one of the best ways to help struggling people not just struggling kids with their walk with God but struggling people the kids need to come to you and say I'm struggling to believe that God is even real Mm -hmm. if they're not they don't have open communication with you to tell you that it's gonna be hard to help them with their walk with God another thing is creating a pattern creating patterns in prayer so if you think your kids are struggling with their walk with God I would like to ask you how much do you pray how much uh, do you pray in front of your kids or mm-hmm. go somewhere where your kids know mom is in prayer, dad is in prayer? Yeah. Have they seen that consistently in you? If my kids woke up as early as me, they could walk into the room I pray in every day and know when they walk in here, dad's going to be well, praying. Well, sometimes even when we used to live in the last house we lived in, he <coughs> would pray and not that he's praying like so loud, like screaming down the house. But, you know, because nobody's awake in the house, we could hear him. Sometimes we would wake up because we'd hear preaching or him praying or whatever. And so, like, we knew there was prayer in our house. Yeah, it was consistently there was mm-hmm. prayer. And so building that consistently, since consistency of prayer, of church attendance, of support, um, uh, those things are very, very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things, another thing that people have told me before that I agree with wholeheartedly, but I do differently than most people, is be careful what you say in front of your kids. What you talk about, who you talk about, how you talk about them. Mm-hmm. Because the people you might say something bad about might be the one person that helps save your kids someday. Yeah. Now, I agree with that wholeheartedly. However, there are things... Uh, that I talk to uh, my wife about in front of my kids. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things we talk about in private. Yeah. But some of the things I talk about in front of my kids, there's a couple reasons. One is I want my kids to know the realities of life, mm-hmm. the struggles that people have, even within the church. We can. Now, I'm not talking about violating confidentiality. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about when somebody is doing something that's frustrating, I might talk about it with my wife in front of my children. Now, people might disagree with this, but this is why I do it. One is, I want my kids to know not everybody's perfect. Yeah, they already know I'm not perfect. We can't believe that the world is perfect and everybody's, and, and you know, an And they know my wife and I are not perfect. Uh, more me than her. But knowing that other people have struggles... But also talking with my kids and helping them understand, though we're having this dialogue, this person 
is struggling and they're not to be uh, disrespected. Yeah, they're just they, like everybody else. They're not to be changed. The other day, was, you know, my kids uh, hear me say stuff. I make sure they understand that w- what I'm saying is not to bash a person. It's mm-hmm. I'm worried about this issue and there's a struggle here and I don't know how to handle it. I don't know what our part in it is. And I allow them to hear that. And then we actually open the dialogue yet again, the, the communication. <laughs> we just and keep talk coming to, back to this. <clears throat> talk to them about why we've allowed them to be privy to this conversation. Uh, what things they can do. And you know what? I feel like, at least for my kids, that they have never heard me say something that could be considered negative about another person. And then change their attitude towards that person. Mm-hmm. Because I won't let them. And I don't either. I try my hardest to communicate these things to understand the person better. Um, do I vent a frustration from time to time? Absolutely. But there are communications about people or about situations that I don't let my kids listen to or hear. Mm-hmm. There's details that they don't need to hear yet in their life. They don't need to be privy to. And it's because it's stuff that um, I feel would uh, change their perspective of a person. And I don't want that to happen. So, um, it's a fine line, but communication, consistency in the things that you need to do in your walk with God, uh, and then being able to have open communication, allow your kids to say, brother, so-and-so irritates the snot out of me. And here's why, as long as they're doing it in a respectful Mm -hmm. manner, and then coach them on how that, that needs to you know, we could talk about it, we can fix it, we can do this, yeah. but then making sure your kids have a good attitude towards that person going forward and forgives them for anything they might have done that's irritating or bothersome. And there's even things that they'll <laughs> talk about around me that they don't talk about around Julian or whatever because he's younger and some of the things, not that they're bad or whatever, but some of the things he might take in the wrong way. They're too heavy. Yeah. So those are some things. Now that might not sound a lot like the right things you you may want to hear or understand about how to help struggling kids. Whoever has kids in your home that are struggling with God, or maybe you're actually thinking about other people's kids that you Mm -hmm. want to help. Um, If you've thought about other people's kids, whatever church you go to, whatever things like that, um, and you want to help other struggling kids, you got to remember some of this stuff is opening dialogue. Now, you're not their parent, so you have to be careful, but being able to encourage kids, uh, one of the last things I'll say is, I learned this in business, and I applied it to my family. I try my hardest not to be watching my kids for gotcha moments, but to get watch them for attaboy moments. And that is, I don't just watch everything my kids do and inspect and keep tabs and and all that to be like, gotcha, I got you doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people and a lot of parents and a lot of church folk to other people's kids are just catching people doing wrong things. Mm-hmm. But I purposefully try to go out of my way to point out when they do a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody's doing a good job, I tell them. I don't make it up. I don't go tell somebody, man, you're an awesome person if they're not an awesome person. Yeah. But... Every chance that somebody does something good that I have to compliment, to encourage, to lift them up, to Mm -hmm. build them up, I try to take those opportunities way more than I do to try to say, hey, you're not doing this right. Fix it. Because I want them to. And there is times where he does that too, where he says, look, 
you did I saw that you did this or I heard this or whatever and it need, and here's some reasons why you shouldn't do that blah 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 here's some dangers that could come from that and he'll ask like why we did that and sometimes we don't have an explanation we just did it because we wanted to and sometimes we're like oh well I did this on accident or I accidentally clicked that or whatever and so, we're not making up stuff I mean people could lie but we don't yeah and so again that that opportunity to to put in people good things to build them up to lift them up especially if you're dealing with other people's kids you don't know what their home is like you don't know how much they're being told gotcha mm -hmm. or how much they're being put down and i'm not saying that people in the church are putting their kids yeah. down i'm saying but you don't know um so finding opportunities to lift up encourage to point out when somebody does something right and good, especially in your own home. You start telling your kids, man, when you got your schoolwork done early, that made me so happy. I knew you were capable of doing that. And you just proved to me that you're a super smart kid and you got your schoolwork done way earlier mm -hmm. than you needed to. When you say stuff like, wow, honey, thank you so much for doing the dishes for your mom. You don't know how much that takes a load off of her and yeah. helps her. Those things, finding those things to compliment and build and lift up your kids, instead of just saying, hey, thanks for doing the dishes. Okay, you're welcome, you know. Yeah. But actually giving them some details, like you don't understand that just doing those little dishes takes a load off of your mom so that she can do such and such. Mm -hmm. And in turn, it takes a load off of me because I don't have to feel like my poor wife is under so much stress and duress. So you explain those types of things to them and give them the encouragement. So those are the things. I know it sounds, maybe you were expecting us to talk about intercessory prayer and how you can pray for them. You just got to pray for your kids. You got to leave them in God's hands. Mm -hmm. Pray for other people's kids. Open communication, consistency in your walk with God. Um, allowing them to be able to tell you things and opening the dialogue about other mm -hmm. things and situations in front of them is fine. With boundaries, with boundaries, yes. with boundaries. And then finally... Um, encouraging, lifting up, trying to find moments where you can give them a pat on the back and doing it 10 times more than you do the other things. Mm -hmm. Those are all keys to helping people live for the Lord. Yes. Do you agree? Yes, I do. All right. Well, hey, we're 50 minutes in and we're going to have to wrap up <laughs> yep. episode one here. We hope you enjoyed listening to this. Thank you for listening to us. And talk. we would really like for you to start sharing this for us. If you listen to this episode, please post it on your Facebook page. Please post it on your social media. Share it with friends. Copy the link and send it to people. Uh, whatever you can do to help us out. We really want to reach people and mm -hmm. help encourage them. We do look at this time as a ministry. So, yes. Love you. Thank you guys. Have a good day. Bye.